welcome everybody into the national edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee mm. on assignment. We haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, here we go. We got our Zags shirt up for him there. Sammy? It's almost like he's a ghost. It is a little. Is uh, he there? Is he <laughs> watching me? I don't know. That's what I look like after not getting outside in the winter. I'm almost there. We are live on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. This hour of Real Kipper and Born brought to you by Bet 365 on the on deck circle. Doug McLean. Oh. Going to get his thoughts as we go around the National Hockey League last night. Vancouver doing a pretty good job of thumping his former. Florida Panthers for nothing on Luongo night. You know, you just need a goalie whose last name has an O at the end. Just Luongo, Demko, you got a number one. You're good to go. It was very poetic. Okay, let's welcome him in. Why wait? Right? Ah, Why? He's a right. busy he's, guy. He's here. Let's go. Former NHL president, GM, head coach, author of Draft Day, How Teams Pick Winners or Get Left Behind. Doug, we're going to go to the cafe, maybe get a coffee. You can talk about uh, where where your book is on the bestseller list, and uh, we'll be back here in about five or seven minutes. You know what? I, I think you probably know where it is on the bestseller. It's 11 weeks in a row. Oh, I have a prop <laughs> here. See, when, when you're a best-selling author. Vanna White in the house. Okay. <laughs> you're brutal. So, look. Guys, eleven weeks in the row uh, in a row on the Toronto Star and the and the Globe Mail bestseller list. But I went to PEI to do a night uh, last week, and it was unbelievable. They sold out. They had three hundred and fifty people show up for this event, and it was about the book. But George Glant uh, came with me, and we did a hot stove. We had a ball, and George Matthews, the former play-by-play man of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who was a buddy of mine said that he doesn't mind introducing me as a former coach and a former GM and a former president and a former school teacher and a former TV radio star in Toronto. He had trouble saying best-selling author. That's what he had trouble <laughs> saying. And you know what? It's, it's you know what? I'm kind of pleased about it. But I had a call yesterday from my good friend, Jimmy Devolano called me. And Jimmy... Jimmy says, Doug, 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 Jimmy D, Jimmy Devilano here. I'm a hockey historian, Doug. As you know, I'm 80, turning 81, and I love hockey, and I love the history. Your book was so accurate. It was unbelievable. So there's the compliment. What more of a compliment can you get than from a Hall of Famer, Jimmy Devilano, about the book? Enough about the book. Let's talk Leafs. God, you, you write? You do impressions? Like... When do the movie rights come out to your 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 Did book? Did you retain the movie rights? Like I I retained them. Did you guys retain them to your books, your movie rights? I did retain mine, yeah. Who's going to play okay. you, Mac, because all the one all the actors I can think of are dead. <laughs> uh Rip Rip from Yellowstone is going to play me. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Momoa second in line. And and Beth is going to play Jill. Okay. <laughs> Make sure. Uh, I don't think uh, Beth's hands are as nice as Jill's. Uh, okay, let's start. Let's start with today. Who you think is the best team in Canada? Because I, I don't think it's that easy to to come up with an answer. And 
has a lot to do with maybe Winnipeg and Vancouver right now. Mm-hmm. And Edmonton coming off their eight-win streak that ended last night. Yeah, and, and look, look, you can't you can't throw Toronto to the side either because I mean, what are they second in the in their in their division right now? And you know, with without playing probably as well as they can play, so all of a sudden Edmonton's on top of their game till you know Skinner missed a beat last night with a couple of dreadful goals. But overall, you've got Vancouver looks real good, Winnipeg looked pretty good, Edmonton looked pretty good. And Toronto looked pretty good, uh, you know, except remember I used to go and watch you and that and that noon hour hockey used to play with Eric Lindros and Mike Gardner and all your buddies. I used to show up there and I was like, your fanboy, carry your kit bag <laughs> in and watch. That's what that game reminded me of last night. I was expecting to see Mike Gardner and Kiprios break down the wing and with a big slapper. I mean, that was pond hockey. That was the ugliest win in the history of the National Hockey League. Oh, boy. No, he's when not you wrong. have a 5 nothing lead and you win 6-5 in overtime, it had to be the ugliest win in the history of the National Hockey League. Agree or disagree? What do you, what do you, yeah. You, the third you know, period is barely hockey. What do you do as a it coach there? You just, you just. You know what you do? Hold on. Let me stop you. Call a damn timeout. Oh. The Two whole he didn't call yeah. one. I know. It, I know you'll it, it was one. unbelievable. Uh, but he would, you know, I, I don't know what went on, but the timeouts was bizarre to say the least. But you know what? It just shows you the firepower Toronto can bring. When hey, listen, Matthews is on pace for 70 goals, boys. Who would believe that when you look at a lot of nights the way they played? But hey, they they've won, they've got points. And, and Keith said it after the game. It was a big point we got. And I, I thought for sure they'd win the game when it went to overtime. But, and man, it was ugly. It was ugly to watch. Yes. But fun. It was, it was fun. It was all those things. So uh, last night in Vancouver, they uh, honored Roberto Luongo, but they didn't retire his jersey. Do you have any feeling whether one matters or not, or if he should be upset? Fans, I only ask because fans in Vancouver, a lot of them believe this guy's in the Hall of Fame. How are we not putting him up there with Naslin and the rest of the guys? Like, seriously. I, I don't get that. I, I, I'm 100% on with you, uh, Justin. Um, I, I just think it's it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, yeah. the guy took them to the Stanley Cup Finals. They should have won that series. Nick, we were there. They should have won that series against the Bruins. Remember, it just collapsed on them. Um, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be in there. He, he should have their jersey retired. Well, he is a Hall of Famer. Like, how do you not retire a Hall of Famer's jersey? Were they? They do things different in Vancouver. Are they? They do things different. Are they in Vancouver. scared to hurt Kirk Kirk McLean's feelings? And like Kirk's a, I, I grew up with Kirk. I and I played against Kirk and saw him how great he was in 1994. But he he had a couple of great years and, and some really great moments, but it's not Luongo's career. Are they waiting for him to be like Rick Nash and come run Columbus now? Is that, uh, is that what you want to see? I, Lou come home and do it? I think it's King Brodeur they must be worried about upsetting, isn't it? Like, I mean, how long ago was he the goalie? 40 years ago? Maybe it's John Garrett. Did he ever play for the Canucks, Garrett? <laughs> no, hey. I, I don't get it. I, I really don't. And, uh, you know, if I'm Roberto, I say, look, boys, I'll fly out, but put me in, put me up there, put the jersey up there, I'll fly out. But yeah. you know, I'm not going cross country for a 
you know, a circle in the upper concourse, you know? Mac, Serious. we know general managers in the National Hockey League, how they're trying to covet uh, defense and how hard it is, especially uh, teams like Edmonton and, and Toronto right now, between now and the trade deadline. Yet you, you look at Vancouver and where they were and where they are, particularly on that blue line, and it's almost as if uh, within what, less than 12 months, you've got almost a brand new blue line here with Hronik, Zadorov, yeah. uh, Cole, Sushi, Cole, Sushi. And I'm like, like but, but time time to give some credit where credit's due here, you know, with their, with their management team, and Alvin. Uh, how long have we talked about the Toronto Maple Leafs needing, we love Morgan Riley. We love Morgan Riley. If you take Morgan Riley off that blue line, it's an American League defense. That, that's what it is right Ooh. now. With what with the injuries they have, it's an American League defense. If you get that number one bona fide superstar and they've got him, guys, who are you picking for the Norris today? Makar? Quinn Hughes. That's close, I mean, but is, Quinn, Quinn would, good, I, think, boys. I think, take it today. Yeah, He's that good. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden it elevates your entire group and the great trade with Detroit. There's no denying that. And the emergence of a couple of guys. But I look at Toronto's blue line last night. Lagerson played Chicago Wolves last year. LaJoy, American Wolf, or the Chicago Wolves last year. Uh, the other kid played in San Diego, Benoit. I mean, Timmons played in the American League. That's four AHL blue liners on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you wonder why they can't get the puck going out of their own zone. You got Quinn Hughes. What he brings to the table with Vancouver has transformed their team. Between him and Pedersen, Besser's gone to another level this year after such a bad year last year. I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with him. Tockett's the coach of the year today. Um, they're that good. And Demko's gone to another level. Well, and how much to, like, how much can you control or how much are you at the mercy of sort of this randomness where, like, Brock Besser is on pace for 60. Eh? He's a goal behind Matthews this year. Meanwhile, Kuzmenko, who had 39, I know he's starting to heat up lately, but... You know, like you're just kind of at the mercy of these guys having good years sometimes, right? And and, and they didn't like come on, Besser. They wanted to trade him last year. Right. They were like trying to figure out every which way to get him out of there. I mean, so look, Alvin's done a pretty good job. Uh, full marks to him. I think he's a, he's a hockey guy. He's been a longtime scout. I was a little skeptical when he got the job there, but he's done a good job. And talks come in, and you know what? He's a Berube type of guy. He's a guy that has, you know, I love those type of coaches, whether it's it's Tippett or whether it's Lindy Ruff. Or I just love those type of guys that have been, Gerard Gallant, who have been around the game and uh, can walk into a dressing room and speak to a team and command respect. I, I really like them. Okay, uh, you mentioned it, uh, the St. Louis Blues, uh, Craig Berube. Uh, what, what did you make of it, Mac? Is it like, is it because teams in the West now can look at even a year where they think that they might be on the cusp of missing the playoffs, think that they can still make it? Is that what is going on between, say, Nashville's coaching change and the St. Louis Blues? It's There's some underachieving teams. We want to go back into the playoffs. We want to make our million dollars a night. Yeah, I think it's, look, Doug, Doug Armstrong's a proud guy, and he's won a Stanley Cup, and th they have a pretty good team. 
they, they've got a pretty good hockey team there. And the fact how they were playing was, I mean, when you lose to Columbus, Chicago, and who else did they lose three in a row? Was it Seattle or somebody? And I'm thinking, oh, oh, oh something's coming here. Craig Bruby's a good coach. Um, but you know what? They want to make the playoffs. And, the, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of shaking it up. We know that. We've watched this for 50 years. That's what happens. Good coaches get fired because team, the GM, is under the gun. And you know what? Don't ever kid yourself. The owners are in their ears nonstop. I've told you that. I fired three coaches in Columbus. I fired my Tape King, Gerard Gallant, and myself. And every time the owner phoned me the night before and said, make a coach and change. Fire yourself? Make a coach and change. You fired yourself? Well, I was at, I was in a, a Barnes & Noble shopping a couple of days When you got the call Christmas. from yourself? Oh, sorry. And my, my daughter and myself were in there looking for Christmas presents for stocking stuffers. And the old man phones me, hey, it's Mr. McConnell. I said, how you know, Mr. Mac? Yeah, I want you to step down tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, sorry, Mr. Mack, I'm not stepping down tomorrow because we've got four defensemen injured. Luke Richardson's out. Spotchik's out. I'm not stepping down. I'll step down when some guys come back and we've got a chance to win. So that's when I'll step down. And that's when Gerard Gallant went in as the head coach. So, yeah, three times he phoned me. One time it was 11 o'clock at night. He phoned me after a 5 another uh, loss to Nashville. Fired Dave King. I said, who's going to coach? He said, you are. <laughs> I, he thought I was running the Pee Wee triple travel team. <laughs> anyway. When so. you, when you uh, stepped down, did you have to negotiate your own sort of severance package with yourself, or how does that work? Yeah, oh, it's funny. I was, I think I was making 800,000 as a GM at the time, you know? And, and so I, I get, I, you know, when they fired Dave King, I move in as coach. So I phoned the, the guy that was his financial. I said, what about a, a raise? Oh, you get a raise when you take over coaching? <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I'm doing another job. So, so they bumped me up to a million. And uh, so I was pretty pleased with that. So the only negotiating was, what the difference from my GM to coaching, that's what came off when I stepped out. Right. So that was the negotiation. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Wasn't that tough. <laughs> Mac, in the first hour, we had Phil Bork talking about the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, I think a lot of people are surprised to see them, uh, you know, close to the bottom of uh, the Metro. Uh, but it ain't Sid Crosby's fault. That's for sure. Like, it's incredible I to watch this guy. I watched him the other night in Montreal game. Like, seriously, guys, how good was he? How how, so how, how how pure a talent, how, I mean, character, leadership, class. He, he brings everything to the table, this guy. Work ethic. I mean, he just won't let them, he just won't let them go. And then you got Carlson. He should have been playing in that game last night. And he should have been with you and Lindros and, and Gardner. That's, that's how he <laughs> Men's plays. league like hockey. Riverboat. What? Men's league hockey. Oh my God, he loves to play. He love he would be great in Lake Louise when they have that big game up in Lake Louise. Honest to God. If if Sid can't guilt him into playing better defense, then who who's gonna do it? it can yeah. is that I mean, we talked a little bit with uh Borky about it. Uh, you know, Sullivan's gotta be trying, but at the end of the day, that's still Kyle Dubas's guy, right? Yeah, I mean look I I, I wasn't a big fan when Carlson came. I know he won the Norris. I know he had a f fantastic year. 
I, I mean, I remember watching him in the playoffs. I mean, it was frightening how, how loose he even played at playoff time. But I thought, he, you know, last year he went to another level. I thought he'd be better. I thought, I mean, what about the power play? What is wrong? I mean, right. I know they picked up a few goals lately, but oh, my God. How can that power play look like that? It's hard to believe. It really is. Yeah. So anyway, he's got he's to figure it out. He's yeah. got to figure it out. And, and what's Kyle going to say to him? You know? <laughs> Very right, little he just, to say. He marches to his own drum. But this is kind of... Uh, 100%. You know, when you he have these... Says, Go ahead, Doug. No, no, he's always marched to his own drum. And look, that, I'm not taken away from the unbelievable career he's had. And, and he is a great player. But I can't believe with Latang and he and Malkin and Crosby and Gensel and whatever, that this power play can't be one of the best in the league. I thought that's the one thing he would bring to the table that was a guarantee, and it hasn't been that. No, it really hasn't. So then I, I wonder with these like elite guys, how much coaching can be done with them? And I, I want to talk about the Oilers specifically. Chris Knobloch comes in, and all of a sudden, you know, McDavid's McDavid again, Drysaddle's playing, the team, you know, Bouchard, they're good again. And how much of that is just great players you know, they play great eventually, or does a new coach come in and do something, say something different? The only guy that can handle superstars in the league is Pascal Vincent in Columbus. He's I'm taking Boudreaux from a 50-goal guy and line A from a 50-goal guy to three-goal guys <laughs> by benching them, you know? So, like, seriously, I mean, how much, co- how much coaching do you think I did with Steve Eiserman in Detroit? Very little, and very little. With- you know, uh, just a li- he didn't even know who I was, let alone coach him. You know, <laughs> but he used to call me Donnie. He called me. He, he used to call me uh, Don McLean from uh, American Pie. Is what he, he thought I was. You know. But Mac, if if teams like Nashville and Saint, we'll watch St. Louis, if they get a bump and they look a lot better, does that not encourage more teams to kind of revisit their situation if they think that? Craig Berube's not that far off his Stanley Cup championship. Is there a chance that we see Berube come back before the end of this season as a NHL head coach? Well, you know, you've got Dean Evason, you've got George Glant, and you've got Berube, three guys that have been, had reasonable success, especially Gerard and Craig Berube, Berube with the Stanley Cup. Um, you know what? It, it, it always makes you a little nervous when you see those names out there. Craig's a guy that I, I don't know, is Craig ready to jump back in or would Craig take a step back and, and wait till next year to come back? I, I wonder about that, you know? The, the, and if, if Craig Berube's going to go back, doesn't he have to go with a team that has a chance to win a cup? Maybe there's going to be some teams that think that that's the only change I got to make. Leafs or well, Is that where you're getting at? No, I, listen, <laughs> there's, there's, a lot, there's a few teams with, uh, that's under the gun. To win, yeah, yeah. Look, I think when you've won the Stanley Cup and it's on your resume, it means something. And Craig, Craig is uh, is one of those guys that can be tough on his players, but he's got a demeanor, and you know him a lot better than I do, Nick. But he's he's a guy that can be hard on his players, but there's a respect factor there because he knows how to treat pros, he knows how to treat NHLers, and I've respected that about him watching him. What has he been, five years in St. Louis? Yeah. Uh, I think he's a good man, and he's paid his dues. I mean, this is a guy that was a tough guy as a player, worked hard as an assistant coach, 
Um, you know, uh, I, I think he's got to be the number one guy on a lot of teams' lists, but we'll see what happens. I wonder if that and hasn't I'm, come I'm back. Gerard, I'm a Gerard Galland fan, too. Yeah, but I wonder if that hasn't come back as like a um, desired quality in a coach. You look at the guys who would be considered kind of hard-ass coaches around the league. Torts is having a ton of success in Philly. You know, Talk's having a ton of success in Vancouver. You know, are these sort of the guys that yeah, everyone thinks you need to communicate well? Maybe Listen, someone needs someone in charge here. I'm, you know, I'm not suggesting that Sheldon Keefe's job is in trouble here. But, no. you know, when you speak of Talk, when you speak of Tortorella, I see a team with an identity now, right? And, yeah. you know, for the Leafs, I see a team that gets its points. But like, where would you put the Leafs' identity at? Just being this team that will outscore you with the last shot on goal? Yes. I, I can't figure out, you know, until they get back to a respectable health situation on the back end, if that's going to happen, or they bring in, if they bring in a, uh, a defenseman or two, yeah. um, you know, there, there, there's no identity there right now. And it's certainly not a playoff identity. I, I said the other night, I tweeted out and I got ripped by a few people, which is kind of fun. <laughs> I said, like, I'm watching, I'm watching Ottawa and Toronto play a total non-playoff style hockey game. Fun to watch, but not the way you're going to win playoff games. And it was, it was like frightening watching that style of game. So until I, I haven't seen it all year. You got to give uh, Winnipeg a little bit of credit here for Rick Bonus, obviously dealing with a, a family uh, situation there. Uh, Scott Arneal's there, but come on, they've they've done a heck of a job there. So what happened in Winnipeg? They were a disaster last year, and everybody was leaving, and and, and everybody was, you know, Wheeler, Wheeler is gone. Wheeler was a great player in Winnipeg. He was a great player, but is it come to a point that Wheeler and Shifley and whoever else was too much? for the group, and one of them had to go. We thought it could have been Shifley and him go at some times. I've heard rumblings that, you know, there was problems in the dressing room. Well, you know what? What did Rick Bonus do at the end of the season? He Rick called Bonus them out. called them out. He called them out big time. And if you're a coach in the NHL, you better be strong enough to be able to take the big stand. And if you don't, and I, look, I go back, I interviewed in Boston for the assistant GM's job, okay, when years and years ago after Detroit. And I remember Harry Sinden said to me when he was interviewing me, by the way, Harry Sinden's 91 years of age. Who would believe that? 91, and still as sharp as a tack. But anyway, he said to me in the interview, can you talk in front of address in, in, in front of the dressing room? I said, yeah, I think I can talk in front of the dressing room. He said, I will never hire a management guy who can't walk into the dressing room as an assistant GM, a GM, or whatever role that can't speak to the team and be hired on. And it's not easy, guys. It's not easy walking into that room and taking charge. Rick Bonus did it. Don't think Torts hasn't done it. Don't think Lindy Ruff hasn't done it. Don't think all those types of guys haven't done it. It's part of the job. And you've got to have a lot of experience and you've got to have more than that to be able to step in and really put people in, the, in their spot. And it's, it's awful because 
you hate to make guys cry, but it happens sometimes. You're hard on them and they break down. Look at Cairo crying, bawling his eyes out last night. You know. <laughs> We're going to get to that. You know, you're a ter- you're a terrific storyteller, and you do great <laughs> impressions. Have you ever thought about writing a book? <laughs> I'm scared to death they're going to ask me to do another one. I'm scared to death they're going to ask me to do another one. You know, the more popular uh, this book gets, uh, the more people are going to figure out that Scott Morrison wrote the book. <laughs> you know, I, I was just going to say that Scott Morrison's yes. name should be a little bit... Scott's name should be a little smaller on that cover, don't you think? How I many mean, more copies on. you got to sell to upgrade your Porsche? <laughs> Yeah, I want to get an anniversary edition. All right. <laughs> go and enjoy your weekend. Hey, guys, I thought we're – you phoned me to go over the show, and you said we are going to talk Ottawa, so I do I do all this prep Well, we should do some. We got nowhere to be. And you don't bring it up. Go, wait, I mean, hey, give us so your you thoughts on – is Ottawa going to make the playoffs, or is this going to be another disappointing year for them and their fans? If, if they miss the playoffs, like it's bad enough for Gary Ock that Trudeau's popularity is where it is because he's a big Trudeau guy. If the Ottawa Senators miss and Trudeau loses the election, Gary Ock will be in therapy for sure. I mean, they can't handle this is the work he's done for the show, that, by hey, the way. Hey, that, that's your homework. That was your homework. But listen, Tarasenko, Kubelik, Chikrin. I mean, guys, they've all got to be a lot better than Drew. He's got to be better. Everybody raves about Drew, and I'm thinking, he's got to be better, too. I mean, come on. And their goaltending is horrible. And Kubelik, somebody tell DJ Smith, Kubelik plays on his off wing. He got 30 goals in Chicago on his off wing. He got 20 in Detroit in his off wing. And he's not playing his off wing in, in Ottawa. Like, come on, give me a break. There you go. I, I'm tired of it. Tips. I'm exhausted from giving tips. To <laughs> so they're missing the playoffs. That's what you're telling me. Uh, it doesn't look good. It does not look good. Okay. Can I tell them this? We've had enough of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's time. <laughs> okay. It's time. Listen. Hitty J. Hey, listen. Uh, we know it's, uh, you know, you got the next few hours going door to door selling your book. So good luck with that uh, with Jill. You know, I got Clark. Clark's here. Clark's been helping me with the prop. So he, I just picked him up at the airport. He listened to your show the other day. He thought it was a little dead ass, so he thought you need a little bite today. So I tried to bring it. <laughs> well, you did it. You did it on Off the Rails Friday. Okay, Mac, thanks for doing this. Hey, guys, I really appreciate you having me on, and I really appreciate you promoting the best-selling book in North oh, Canada. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Mac. Jen. We appreciate it. It's a wonderful right. book. Okay, let's go two for two here, and we've got to mention that this is a great time of the year to give somebody a book yes, down and back. This is my camera. Where's my single? There's my, uh, yeah, down back my book, which I have not promoted on this show. I don't know very often. Um, yeah. What is it? 10 days till Christmas now? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but it's uh, still for sale and I wrote it and it's I about wrote stuff. One too. I didn't bring yes, it. Undrafted. Very undrafted. good book. Simon you know. Schuster. I don't, I don't really like selling it. So if you want to buy it, oh, it, it, exists. You, it exists. You have an amazing story. Thanks. Mine, what is mine compared oh, to yours? Oh, there's a Stanley Cup at Club 54 no, with Madonna. there's a million of those. Mm, not many. Just the mere fact <laughs> we're here doing this, me yeah. and you, is a story in itself. You know what else is a story? Game time.
All right. No Sammy for game time. I know. You, I'm passing, I'm betwirling right, the baton. Notebook baton. here. The baton. All right. It's game time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19 plus Ontario only. Play responsibly. It's so, game time. Oh, hey, Colbs. What's up? A little shout out there. So I was looking at Stanley Cup odds today. The odds of teams winning the Stanley Cup. Do you want to guess who the favorite by Bet365 gambling odds is to win the Stanley Cup at this point of the season? Oh, uh, gosh. Does, are they dumb enough to think that eight games in a row would push Edmonton right back up at the top? It's actually not a bad guess. The Edmonton is fifth above the Toronto Maple Leafs in terms of Stanley Cup okay. odds at this point. Would they be smart enough to go with what every other gut instinct has told us for the last 30 or 40 years? Just pick the, the year before. Team. There it is. There's the guy. Yeah, you got it. Vegas. Vegas is the cup favorite. Colorado nipping at their heels in Boston in third. Rangers in fourth. Least as I said, in fifth. The one that shocks me. You kind of tick down, so yeah, Toronto in sixth, Winnipeg right behind him in seventh. You got to go farther back to find Florida still. Really? Yeah, Florida's close to ten. That's a pretty good pick, and LA's right there too. At um, yeah, it's plus. And can I ask you because the team that I watch sometimes that looked like the Russian Red Army mm-hmm. is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then there's other times I'm like, oh no, they're no good. They're no good. Yeah. And that blue line and what you get out of it. And, yeah, kudos to Steven Stamkos, who, believe it or not, had his first four-goal game. That is shocking, his first four-goal game. In the National Hockey League, future Hall of Famer. 200 power play goal last night, too. Wow. And uh, marvelous career. (laughs) But that, that team, and you watch Kucherev undress Cody Cece. Like, they should be one of those top teams. Yeah, you know what? They're uh, mid-pack. They're 15th in the NHL in terms of cup odds right now, plus 2,200. Those are the type of bets you should make, right? Not a team who's got short odds, but someone that you think can kind of figure something out mid-season. Tampa's there. I like Florida and L.A. Um, those are good ones. The other ones I wanted to bring to you, Kip, were will these teams make playoffs or not? And they're teams with pretty even odds on both sides of yes and no. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs go up, up against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday night who are favored to miss the playoffs barely. There are longer odds, plus 110 to make the playoffs, seventh in their division. What do you think? Is this a team that's going to sort it out? I never, I'm never one to say... Yes or no right away. I go to the process of elimination. Yeah, yeah. So if they, if you think they're in. Who's out? Who's out? That's a great place to start. And I'm just sitting watching the Philadelphia Flyers. And here they are, what, three points out of the lead in the Metro. Yeah. And they're not going away. The Islanders, who we were giggling at, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Four weeks ago? And you were like... Yeah, I see it. They're yeah, no good. I know. They're no good. Look at them. Look at the run they're on. One was it four straight games? Carolina has never looked like a team that we thought should be competing for the Stanley Cup, and there's some right. goaltending uh, inconsistencies there. And then the Washington Capitals, they are one of the worst scoring teams in the league. Ovi still on five? Still at five. Pace of for 16 goals. I don't know if there's 
three teams that have more goals than the Washington Capitals. And oh, yet, I didn't realize it was that bad. They're, yeah, they're they're at the bottom. They're I don't know where they are. Goals for they are literally second last. Only San Jose. Second last. San Jose has three fewer goals. Second last, and, and they're the fourteen and the eight and four. So tell me where Pittsburgh now is gonna gonna come in and just I don't know. Is Pittsburgh capable of doing what the Edmonton Oilers just did and rip off eight in a row? You know, I think they, maybe not eight in a row, but they're not that many points back. I think the Capitals are going to come back. You know, I think they can catch, uh, you know, I like you know, like saying it, but I don't think the Islanders are as good as their record. So either way, they're running out of time. They are a team that, you know, if you want to say they make the playoffs, plus 110, pretty good bet yeah. there. Other question I'll bring to the table for you is they have a line on how many points the Leafs will finish with. 103.5 is the line. Do you think they will finish with more or less than 103.5 points? I probably would think that uh, I like their chances at 104 or 105. I, I think so too. Yeah. You know, they just find their way. They just, they've got this arrogance about putting the puck in the net. They don't, even last night, that third period, we're, we're, we're sitting on the desk and we're watching it and we're like, they're going to, they're going to score. Yeah. They, when he's gone, he's gone, it. right? They just, you can just feel like how confident they are that they're going to get one or two good looks and Austin's just going to find a way to put the puck Did in the net. Did you see Neil Anders' postgame quote too? He's like, you know, talking about what they were thinking going into the third and he goes, well, we're thinking we know we can get five. Like, what's an insane thing to think? Oh, and he believes it. Yeah, like you average yeah. three and a half goals per game as a team and he's like, yeah, like we yeah. know we can get five. Just got to yeah. try, I guess. I don't know. But keep in mind, too, that the Edmonton Oilers have had an incredible run here. Yeah. And they're just a 500 team right now. I know. Or they like they, they rip 13, off eight 13 in a row. 8 in a row, and they're 13-13-1. And and 13-13-1 the West. They're two points out of the wild card spot with games in hand. But they're also, like, two or three losses away from sinking right back in the bottom. See, that's the problem that their bad start put them in. It's just like... Let's say Connor were to get hurt or, you know, like just a bad thing were to happen to them. You don't have that sort of built-in buffer. But, boy, they are back looking like, you know, as good as Vegas and Vancouver in the in the West. Okay. Close You're wrapping to. up? That's it. Oh, yeah. Let me do Come the on, whole thing. I know, I know. Hey, all right here. That was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19-plus. Ontario only. Play responsibly. Am I going to be the guy that tells Sammy now that you're taking over that spot? <laughs> I am definitely not. <laughs> okay. It is all his. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we're going to get into Jordan Cairo's night in St. Louis, a very emotional one. And also this story that um, Frank Saravelli, who's been a, a, a contributor on the Real Kipper and Bourne show uh, through uh, Daily Faceoff, is uh, uh, telling us about... Uh, Valimaki from from uh, the Coyotes having yeah. a very tough night after taking a puck to the face. I can tell you I've been there. Yep. And uh, the, the quote in the story from Frank was unable to function as he went to a hospital in Dallas only to kind of be rejected. Yeah, they're like, go to a hotel. Anyway, so we'll, let's, we'll get into it. We'll get into that. Plus more on The Real Kipper and Born Show. Don't go away. 
Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne. Is that my book up? Look at this. All three books promoted on one day. Wow. The Friday before Christmas, everyone's going to be shopping. This is sure. prime time here. There you go. Look at this. Now, uh, any big thought on the on the cover? Or just you posed for that, or is that another picture somewhere? You know what's funny is they actually originally did the cover of me as like a three-month-old sitting in the Stanley Cup um, when I was just like a little baby, and I didn't think that that was what I wanted. So <laughs> so we had to go back and forth, so, whereas you just chose a handsome picture of yourself. I'm going to ask the same question I asked Doug McClain. Okay. Once your book goes into movie rights, who's playing Justin Bourne? Oh, boy. I don't know. I know it. Can I get, like, young Jim Carrey or something like that? Would that work? Who, yeah. Who's Nick Kiprios? Well, um, you can kind of do the reverse thing because I've been working for you, with you, and sometimes for you. <laughs> For three years. I'm terrified of this I, I, What's the over-under on the people that have called you Jason Bourne? Oh, my God. I, Kip, I don't even argue anymore. I just respond to it. <laughs> like, in wardrobe, it's, it's that's how it's written on my bag. It's, it's no one's fault except Matt Damon's fault. Is it Robert Ludlum or something who wrote the books? He's something to blame, too. So, I'm telling you that... It needs to be Matt Damon who yeah. plays you because yeah. you've played him all these years. The one thing it does do for me is it helps me uh, helps people spell my name, like reservations. I just say like, like, the, like the movies, like the movies. Yeah, I would get uh, Liam Neeson to play me. That's a great pick for you because all I want at some point is for him to say, "I will look for you, <laughs> I will find you, and I will kill you." <laughs> Did you ever say that on That's the ice? It. You should have said that on the ice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Uh, last night, uh, just the opposite of maybe wanting to kill somebody was the emotion of uh, Jordan Cairo. He's been through a lot a little bit here, and there's there's no question that there was something between him and Craig Berube that probably didn't connect, but so what? The game's 100 years old. Yes. Not the first player-coach relationship that wasn't the best will not be the last. But I want to ask you about his initial comment. His, you know, initially they asked him. Yes. You know, what, uh, what was your relationship like with Barube? And he said, I have no comment. He's not my coach anymore. Yes. What did you think of that? What I, what I thought about it was if you're trying to not make a story out of it, that's the worst thing you could say. Yeah. So he didn't think it out very well no i think there's a part of him that just had this emotion of he's gone now so um i can i don't need to tip my cap to him anymore don't need to tip my cat t- cap to him and i don't need to pe- have people under the impression that um it was is rosy and lovely he i don't know if he just knew the implications of yeah. what he 
didn't say. And that's what we do on this show all the time. It's not what you say sometimes. It's what you don't say. Right. And we read between the lines and people come to their own conclusions. And clearly the fans of St. Louis came to their own conclusion on uh, on how Jordan Cairo uh, went about his business yeah. on, uh, on not maybe showing the respect a Stanley Cup champion head coach well, should and, get. And Cairo won a cup with Craig Berube. And all these people loved Berube yeah. for what he did for the organization. The first Stanley Cup they've yeah. ever won there in St. Louis. I had tweeted that it seemed like an immature answer to me. And I have people saying to me, like, what? Like, telling the truth is immature? It's like, he didn't tell the truth. What would be mature is if, if you have a bone to pick or it didn't go well, you could say, we, it didn't work at the end. You know, you'd say what the problem is. Or if you're not willing to say there's a problem, then don't say there's a problem. Don't do the passive aggressive. It's fine. Okay, let's go to uh, Jordan Cairo last night uh, on a Kipper's Clipper on hearing the booze last night. You know how difficult is it to have the fan base react the way they did tonight? Were you hearing the booze on the ice? Um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely heard those. Um, I mean, it's not easy, obviously, but you know, I, I see where they're coming from you know, with how my comments sounded. So that's yeah, definitely tough. I mean, you know, I love playing here. I love playing in front of the fans. So, yeah. What would you want to say about Craig Ruby? You mentioned that he was your coach for a long time, but like, how did he impact your career? I mean, what mm-hmm. can you say about that? Yeah, I mean, helped me in a lot of ways, right? You know, it's really helped me around it all my game and try to be more complete players. So, you know, like I said, you know, I respect him as a guy and. You know, no way towards him at all. Okay, I want to say two things off of that. One is that I also don't think it was a very big deal. Like, I can't believe people booed him for that. Like, I was just like, it was kind of an immature comment. But I, okay. You know, to me, it was a bit of a nothing. And I'm shocked that fans cared the way they did. The other thing, point I'll make, is I feel like that follow-up question, what did Craig Brube do for you? You're holding the guy hostage at that point. The fans just booed him. He's crushed by it. He can't give an honest answer now. Now he has to say all's gravy. So I got my two takes. Okay. Um, I'm going to follow it up after we hear uh, Jordan get a little emotional uh, mm. with this next clip. Yeah. You're getting pretty emotional here. Where, where are the emotions coming from? I mean, it's just tough, right? Like... You know, I love playing here, so it's just it's tough to hear the fans booing me there. Sorry. They'll obviously come around. I mean, they know you want to be here, play hard, and produce for them. I mean, do you feel like, you know, it's just a bump in the road that it can be overcome and they'll love you again? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, like I said, I just want to focus on my future and focus on, you know, trying to be a more complete player and, you know, what I can do to help the team win, right? So, yeah, that's just my goal right now. Yeah, listen, my first thought is I feel like, you know, how much he's feeling it himself. And I I don't mind, I don't mind hearing a guy, like if if he shrugged it off, I'd be more pissed off than, like I'm not necessarily, you know, know, patting him on the back for crying either. Like, I mean, we don't need a ton of criers in the game. It's a little bit much to me. It's a little much, but... At least he's sensitive of it yes, rather than standoffish that. on it. Yeah. So either way, maybe it's not a great win situation, but I think it's a fair comment to say it was just an, it was, he handled it uh, in not a mature way. Right? I would agree. But and I, if yeah. he just would have come out with those comments last night, 
the first time they asked him about his coach, yeah. that uh, he helped me in a lot of ways. That's it. Yeah. If he just would have come out with one of those, we won a cup together, he helped me out in a lot of ways. This wouldn't have even turned into a story. I mentioned Jim and he, Carrey, and I reminded of the movie Liar Liar, where the kid says something to him. Have you seen Liar Liar? Yes. Where it's Great like, movie. you know, sometimes grown-ups have to lie. You know, like sometimes that's part of the whole thing. Yeah, is, yeah he was great. And he was just not prepared. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he, he hasn't been around long enough. He hasn't experienced uh, the media enough to understand the dynamics of of maybe just how much Craig Berube was respected for yeah. being the guy that delivered a Stanley Cup to them. Yeah. And he deserved more respect from you, Jordan. Even if you didn't believe it, to your point. Yeah. Just don't don't pour gasoline on the fire. And he did, and he learned a very valuable lesson that uh yeah, choose your words wisely. I'm sure PR was in his ear after the game. Okay, you're going to do this presser and follow up on it. And because I it, I did notice that he said, I understand where they're coming from about the fans, which is yeah. a pretty. Yeah. So I, I bet you he gets like rousing cheers next game. Just, I really and, do. And one more thing. It, 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 is, it is the perfect storm for him because it's just not about that situation. It's the fact Struggling. that he's a star on that team. He's paid like a star. And he's he's disappointing himself. Yeah, that's what happened there. He knows he's underperforming. He's not living up to the contract right now. That in itself has put a tremendous strain on him. And I think in many ways it was just the tipping point of of the whole situation. Came, with came at the wrong time for him. Um, let's make sure we get to everything for the end of the show. Uh, talking about being honest. Um, in interviews, Stuart Skinner yesterday, the, the Oilers lose to the Lightning. You know, they were heavily, uh, they heavily outshot the Lightning. Stuart Skinner uh, had this to say post-game about uh, his performance. Yeah, I think that, I think the guys played a heck of a game. I, I don't think anybody in this room should be upset except for me, to be honest. Uh, I think that I, uh, I ended up kind of losing us the game. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that I'll take on um, and I'll be better for it. But I think these guys in here should all be very happy with how they played. They were, uh, they were fantastic. It's re- uh, refreshing. Loved it. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. But he... He's he, taking he, too much No, up. no. He, uh, he went on a terrific run with the rest of the team for eight. Like a guy with a roll of dice at the... Crap table, God, you know. Like you didn't you right? run a bunch of yeah, funny I, craps ran, once? I ran a table for almost an hour, like an hour. Yeah, uh, but you know, you're gonna crap out every once in a while, right? You're gonna snake eyes most times, yes. Unfortunately, for a team that's supposed to win the Stanley Cup this year or be really close to it, I think it's another reminder of you got this kid that I'm not sure how much weight you want to put on his shoulders and. You don't want too many nights when he f- ends the game going, I was the reason why we lost. Yeah. Right? It, you got to be careful with putting that type of pressure on a guy. Yeah. And that's okay to do it once, but you don't want him feeling like that because that's what Jack Campbell did to himself a few times in Toronto, and it didn't it didn't help him. That's yeah. for sure. No, it's, you know, if Vasilevsky after two Stanley Cups says I lost is the game, everyone goes, all right, well, he's owning up to that one. We'll move on. You don't want to draw too much attention to yourself when you're an 885 save percentage guy like uh, Stu Skinner here. So, okay, um, we we met we 
We mentioned it uh, before break. Uh, Valimaki, Coyotes took a puck to the face, uh, was taken to the hospital. Yeah. And I don't Helicopter know. just to, to the hospital, I believe. Did he? Yeah. And Dallas. Basically, they had told him, we've got gunshot wound victims here. We don't really prioritize you. And no one's arguing that. Well, and imagine but you you're can't... in Dallas and they're like, sorry, you took a puck to the fit. We got things going on. Yeah, but, you know, you shouldn't also shrug off the fact that he did have a, f- a fracture in his face. He had a hole in his mouth. Oh, God, yeah. And he needed 60 stitches no. either. So, like... I don't mean to make light of it no, all. No, no, no. I've been there. Oh, no, for sure. You know, but I've I've had that experience. He shouldn't be told, go away and come back tomorrow no. either. And his wife had to call the NHL PA, and the PA I think, did some advocating on his behalf yeah. to get him I think care the P- sooner. I think the PA had issues with the fact that uh, there was no one of any medical status that right. They had a performance escorted, coach them, I think, not escorted a him yeah. as well. Which I've never heard of. I've I've gone to hospitals after games on a yeah. number of occasions. Either a doctor's coming with me, or the head trainer, someone with some some real medical background. So that's this is a, a strange uh, story. But uh, for more of that, go to Daily Faceoff uh, yeah. and uh, and read the story. See how that goes. All right. How do we do without Sammy? Uh, Did well, it feel a the little... love of the Zags jersey, the Owen Sound platers in the background. We repped him his vibes as best we could. Today. All right, where is he in London tonight to He's watch his uh, Owen Sound team? Junior hockey game. He doesn't have some pressing function. Man, oh man, he's got a good life. (laughs) Things go pretty well for Sammy. Our thanks to Doug McLean in this hour. Uh, Give us a rating and review if you get a chance. We'd love to hear from you. We're back on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Real Kipper and Bourne. 